Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. Inspired by Scandinavia, built for Ireland, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Actor Kieran Hines, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And Kieran, you're in a new series on RT called The Dry. I've only seen two of them and it's absolutely, it's a fabulous show and you're fabulous in it. Will you tell us a bit about it? Um, well, it's uh, basically set around a, a family in Dublin. There's the, the, the eldest daughter has been living in London. She's had a difficult life. She's a struggling or a failed artist and she's alcoholic and she's decided she's going to give up the drink and come back to Dublin and try and reconnect with her life, with her family in Dublin. Ostensibly, she's over for um, for her grandmother's funeral. Uh, but behind that, she has an idea that she will maybe stay and try and get her life back together. Uh, back in Dublin, which is not quite what the parents are up for because they know that she can be a bit of trouble and uh, she's been in trouble before. Uh, she's a difficult character, but she's a very lovely, a lovely uh, character. She's played by Roisin Gallagher and uh, she's Siobhan. And then there's two other in the family and uh, there's Anthony, the boy, and um, Caroline is the other daughter then you have the parents and uh, it's kind of it's um it's a real uh, mixture of kind of humor and uh, but the issues inside the storytelling are very serious absolutely so, yeah, yeah yeah so ostensibly i mean i think it's being presented as a, as a comedy but there are layers and layers to it i mean even your own character you're kind of playing that kind of, you know, that benevolent Irish dad kind of thing in a way and, and love the daughters and all of that kind of thing. But he's complicated and has his own issues as well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And it's got to do with, uh, I mean, as the, the story itself deals with issues like alcoholism or and grief and maybe in, infidelity, abandonment, Uh he himself is trying to support his wife through uh, a long-term grieving of a lost son, a son who died young, and it's it's battered him into into uh, into a kind of a submission or acceptance that they can't go on. He can't go on living like this because his life is ebbing away, and he's now trying to have a relationship, a, a, a kind of not an intimate relationship, but a friendly relationship with someone outside, and then that turns into something else. Uh, meanwhile, uh, his wife is uh, played by the brilliant Palm Boyd. She's, she's uh, fantastic turned, in this. She's isn't extraordinary, she? yeah, yeah, totally extraordinary. And she's turned to drink, and he's trying to accept that when she needs it. But there's, it's a lot of. Um, it's very messy and it's a, yes, like a, fra- yes. a fractured family. It's a fractured family, but they're also funny and quirky, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And listen, you can't be... I think the only thing possibly better than a dysfunctional Irish family comedy drama is probably a dysfunctional Jewish family comedy <laughs> drama. But as people will get from what you're saying, there's a lot going on in there. And actually, all the characters have their own stuff going on, really, don't they? Listen, can we talk about the scene? And I think you know what I'm referring to. I suppose... I don't, I, I'm not sure how to ask this, but I suppose we'll just come out with it. Is simulating sex against a wheelie bin easier when the other actor involved is your actual real-life wife, or is it actually harder? Is that a serious question? 
It yeah. is. I do believe that's a serious question. And I'm supposed to answer that seriously. Well, I mean, you may as well toss a coin there. And to be quite honest, um, when I read the scene in the script, I said uh, to Paddy, are you serious about this? Because this seems to be a bit way off the beaten track. And yeah. in the end... I said it's not about morality or everything. It's about the truth of a situation. People of a certain age, shall we say, without any drink taken, ending up in you know behind bins up an alleyway. He said, uh, "Well, no, it's basically about a, <clears throat> to provoke a reaction." And and uh, when I understood what he was aiming for, I said, "Yeah, well, we'll have to do that anyway." And the fact that Helen, my wife, was going to be playing my mistress at the time, uh, it seemed to be the perfect place to play it quite frankly up a lane yeah. way off so <laughs> no, and, you uh, see, she could she couldn't so, do it for laughing like she couldn't, do it. She couldn't there, do it for laughing there's so many other questions then the fact that your wife is playing your mistress and everything and and how that impacts on the, I, I, the there's so many questions it's mind-blowing i think it would do neither of us any favors to explore this uh too much i believe there was an intimacy coordinator there though was there which there, there wasn't to keep an eye on us in case we went uh, hell for leather. I don't know what they did. Um, it was all it was all grand and above board. And uh, in fact, the intimacy coordinator had also worked with our daughter in uh, Normal People. So uh, yeah, it was Good kind God. of like a, a family affair. <laughs> the, the mind boggles. You see, I'm thinking if it's you and Helen there, and you know you know each other and and everything, you it's do. almost Intimate. it's like Intimate the intimacy me, coordinator say. is is almost intruding in the situation, really. In, isn't in she? a way, but. Yeah, I was trying to convince Paddy to tell her that we've had an awful row and that uh, <laughs> we're going to have to patch it up between us, but that didn't work out. Yeah, it was a it was a very funny couple of hours actually. Uh, I bet. Very relaxed. Yeah. Did you uh, need to talk about it afterwards or anything? Was there any fallout between you and Helen later? No, I just said, "Shall we go home now?" <laughs> you know, that's the same time. We go home now. You don't need us, do you? Said, no, that's enough of that nonsense. Listen, you mentioned your daughter Aoife there. I was I was reading some stuff about you. I was surprised that, I know you've been very supportive of her subsequently, but when your daughter Aoife initially thought she might get into acting, I think you kind of warned her off a little bit, did you? Well, I didn't warn her off as such. I just, um, well, like anything, like any parent who uh, wants their children to be happy and fulfilled. That's all you want, you know. They don't have to be hugely successful, or mm-hmm. you know, it's just about being happy and fulfilled in your life. And this, as we know from, I know from experience, and I know that uh, there are so many gifted in this generation that's come out. I mean, you can see it in Ireland, so it's so prevalent. These brilliant young actors. The competition is so fierce now. When we were starting off, it was a different world then. It was was uh, it? You know, yeah, oh yeah, completely. You know, I don't know if I have the strength now to actually battle my way through there with all the, the talent that's out there. Uh, but in the end, it's about, if you can't stop someone, you know, if their heart is in it, then they find it finally that they have to make the effort. And then you, rather than live with regrets, you have a go. And meanwhile, she's still making her way and still working here and there. You know, it's not a, uh, there's no rhyme or reason. I have friends who've worked for quite a long time and suddenly work stopped coming in. You know, and nobody can uh, tell you what your future will be in acting because it is a movable feast. It really is. And either you get lucky or fortunate with timing or the gods are with you. Or uh, sometimes it can just close down. But I think the idea is like when she said that she was determined and she wanted to train as well rather than just try it. 
I think I understood then that she was, it wasn't just something she was playing with. It was okay. She was quite serious about. And maybe something she had to do. Something you had to do, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then and then we'll see how it goes on down the line. Yeah, no, look, she's doing okay. So, so far, is, people yeah. will know her from uh, Derry Girls, normal people. She I think she was in Belfast, wasn't she, as well? Yeah, she, she's yeah. She's a teacher she's in Belfast. Been, yeah, yeah, working around. Yeah, she's doing yeah. a bit of theatre in London last year as well. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about the, uh, you know, about the the life and the luck you need and everything else. It's really, you must feel like you've had a great run this last few years. So they, obviously an Oscar nomination for, for Belfast last year, but The Wonder with Florence Pugh, which is a f- fantastic film, The English with Emily Blunt, even playing Eamon Cunningham and Kin, an ayahuasca drinking gang boss and everything. You must feel that you're having a bit of a purple patch the last couple of years, do you? Um, yeah, well, I've, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I admit I'm very fortunate. I obviously have a really good agent, you know, and uh, <laughs> who keeps me up to speed with what's going on. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that people uh, don't find me too obnoxious to work with, I guess. And um, uh, But also because I come from the theatre, and I come from the theatre and uh, and I've done a lot of theatre every year the last ten years as well. And sometimes when you you work in that, you understand the the whole way of what why you get involved in it is with to work with certain people and certain material. And it's a group. It's not just an individual practice of performance. It's a it's more of the storytelling thing. And I what I have been quite uh, happy about and content with is the fact that the people that I do it with. Uh, and being invited by those people to come and join uh, other people and to meet other people and then go like, wow, how amazing they are, you know. It's a privilege, you know, and, um, you know, I do feel very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, and it must be gratifying as well, look, not to bring age into it, but to be getting <laughs> great work as you, you you hit 70, I think, this month, when a lot of people think, in, yeah. in other jobs are being put out to pasture maybe, but to to be really, I think, at the, at the height of your storytelling powers in a way. Well, there are those who say I'm well past myself by date, but I guess the thing is uh, when people say, well, when are you going to uh, stop? And I guess the answer is somebody once said, like, well, when the phone stops ringing, I guess, that's when you know when to stop. But yeah. if, if you have if you have the, the graph for it or the desire to do it, then there's no reason why you shouldn't keep doing. It. If you have the if you have the marbles still, you know, <laughs> yeah, yes. the marbles are pretty crucial. I'd say, yeah, I'm losing mine on a daily basis. <laughs> I can tell you, it must be nice to get a bit of appreciation as well. Was the Oscar nomination last year? It must have been a bit of a thrill, was it? It, it, well, it was a mixture. It was a mixture. It's a bit of a, a thrill, yes, of course, and an honour and an embarrassment as well, you know, because I, I really? kind of normally keep a low profile, yeah. But uh, but also, but I, at the time, I was in very great company with Ken Branagh, Katrina Balfe and Jamie Dornan and little Jude Hill. We did just great company of people who were going round for six weeks of their life, something I'd never done just trying to be interviewed all over the place. I had I, I got dressed up in so many different <laughs> clothes. I had no idea about clothes. I, I'm kind of a two pairs of trousers and a couple of shirts. Yeah. And suddenly I was transporting all these looks, all these different things I was getting into, um, you know, for photo shoots and stuff. And uh, I suppose it was a little bit of dressy up. It was quite fun. But I think what, what didn't happen, what was lovely was uh, the Ken Branagh um, the fact that um, he was given an Oscar for a screenplay. I was so thrilled for him. 
You know, the idea that somebody start, whoever started, whoever creates something and then invites people on board and all these different wonderful people, great cinematographers and costume designers and uh, people. And everybody comes to make this story. And it came from his heart, his memory and mm -hmm. his truth of these people. And with all the stuff, and it was nominated for this, that and the other. And then suddenly at the heart of it, he won an Oscar for, um, for his screenplay. And, uh, and that, that, that was the thing that moved me the deepest, I think. Yeah, and it was actually a, a a film that all the layers to it, the 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 ensemble acting in it, and how everyone bounced off each other, but the 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 look of everything, the atmosphere, the the layers and layers that were there. It was one of those films where it all came together, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I thought so uh, when I saw it. I saw it way after everybody else because actually I was I was working on the dry. Uh, I was working on the drive in Dublin, so I was working away. They were all going to screenings and stuff, and I was in Dublin working away. And then they realised that they did by word of mouth that said this is a wonderful film. Uh, and then so they arranged for me to see a screening one Saturday afternoon in the Lighthouse yeah. when I wasn't working. And myself and Helen, who was over, and and uh, a friend Kate Hogan came with me, just the three of us. And we sat down in the cinema and watched it. And it was it was kind of a kind of a very strange experience because I recognised for the first time seeing it all put together that um, he had made something very beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm from I'm from Belfast. Yeah. I recognise so much of the truth, even though it's slightly heightened because it's you know it's a, it's it's an art form. But I yeah. recognised the essential truth of the people that he was talking about and that he remembered from his childhood, and. Uh, so I was kind of quietly moved by it. But the next time I saw it was with an audience of 2,000 people at the London Film Festival. And that was a different experience entirely as collectively all these people suddenly started being involved in the story in a, in a big way. You know, a third of the way through when the story starts kicking in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you cry that first day when the three of you were there and you saw it? No, no, I didn't. But what I, no, I didn't. Uh, I was kind of... Uh, I said it was. I was watching it more objectively. Yeah. Just uh, what happened, uh, but I re and I recognised that he had made a beautiful, beautiful film. But what happened to me when we watched it with two thousand other people? As I felt their intakes of breath, as you feel a collective of all these individuals, a collective group of people of nearly two thousand watching this, and suddenly they're all kind of breathing and feeling the same thing. That's when I got moved. Yeah. Um, listen, you have a movie in the can, do you, with your old buddy Liam Neeson that you made here in Ireland? Yeah, yeah, that was that was nice. I just uh, played a role. No, it was something that we, we know each other from we were 17 or 18 and have been very close ever since. And uh, then we got our first parts in film together in Excalibur way yeah. back, which John Borman made back in 1980. And uh, we were both knights of the round table. He was a more important knight than I was, but I don't hold that against him. <laughs> um, uh, and he, um, uh, I think he had a line saying, like, I shall ride forth in search of that quest. And I said, well, I'll ride fifth then. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but it, it was a wonderful time because it, it was a world we didn't know. You yeah. know? It was a world we didn't know. And uh, John Borman was so generous and so kind to us all to give us this opportunity and it was very thrilling and then we'd be we're, we see each other a couple of times a year we spend christmas together and then suddenly 40 odd years later um there we are up in donegal just beyond Killybegs, finally facing uh the fact that can we work together and not and take each other seriously um which we kind of managed to do yeah
Yeah, and it, that's called In the Land of Saints and Sinners. I think that's coming out later in the year, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. And, I Sir and, Kerry, and Kerry Condon's in it as well, uh, you know, who's in the... In the Banshees. Uh, the Banshees, and yeah. she's been nominated everywhere, and that's very thrilling. And Yeah, wonderful, yeah. wonderful actors as well. They've yeah. got a great tribe of people in it. Yeah. Are you enjoying that this year, seeing how, I mean, you had your year last year and Ken Branagh did. Are you enjoying, yeah. do, you, do you like it to see oh. so much recognition for uh, Irish filmmakers I, I, and Irish actors this year? I'm enjoying it much more this year than I did last year. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have to <laughs> dress up all the time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, but it's fantastic. It's uh, really fantastic. And, and you know, Mark McDonald made a beautiful piece of work and the performances are just beautiful in it. And then um, Paul Mescal also being nominated for his for brilliant performance. Absolutely. So, bit of a, and then Colleen Cluan as well. But it's, it's very, very, it's, a, it's an enormous time for... Uh, Irish work film. Work Listen, work it, film. isn't it a long way from when uh, you, you and Neeson were knocking around, knocking around the project? Was it like forty odd years ago, and you got that uh, gig in Excalibur? And as you say, it was a different royalty. But look at how yeah. things have changed since. Yeah, Ireland wasn't a great filmmaking country, was it? And and John Borman came to live here, and then he started to try and develop this way back. And the seeds of that was he introduced Neil Jordan to filming. Yeah, yeah. He himself put a camera in Neil Jordan's hands and said, film me while I film Excalibur, see what you can pick up. And then from that, we have another great filmmaker, and then Jim Sheridan, of course, came from uh, from the theatre, you know, and then he film, and then from that, there's another generation, and it's kind of thrilling to watch this development through generation to generation and now how strong it is and all the creative uh, people all over. And, and that's why it does need the support because they can see now, people can see now that the storytelling in Ireland is uh, fantastic. It's so uh, out there in the world of all the layers and colours they can make in stories. And uh, the more we share them out there, the more people will be interested uh, back in us what we have to see so the more support it gets is what I'm saying basically yeah you know, yeah yeah and look up. it's e- easy to support it years like this but I think I think in fairness the support has been ongoing in, in recent no, times what yeah. do you what are you doing next Karen? what am I doing next uh, I'm being very domestic at the moment uh, I'm very, uh, Helene my wife what we're talking about she's in rehearsal for a play here in Paris and I'm being Daisy domestic and doing the cooking and putting into her lines and uh, Oh, listen, haven't you a grand old life now? So you're pottering around <laughs> Paris and you go to the market and then cook a nice meal and that kind of well, thing. I, I do go to the market, like, because that's what anybody would do if there was a market, you know, outside the front yeah. door. Like, oh, stop. But the thing is, I, I forget to go out into Paris itself. It's like I come home and put the kettle on. I don't do cafe life, you know. <laughs> um, I, I get the kettle on I have my Julie's uh, and Barry's tea now they're tragic in that bloody that wa- wasted on you Kieran Hines no, okay listen uh, pleasure to talk to you again and the dry kicks off on RT1 next Wednesday March 1st at 9.30pm so there's going to be double bills of it showing for four weeks but it will all be available for binging on the player from Wednesday and it, it, I think people will find it uh, very bingeable another uh, great piece of work Kieran Hines thank you so much thank you very much Brendan thanks lovely to talk to you text 51551 
Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1.